Hello, and thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Bite Size Cybercrime, the podcast where we discuss cybersecurity news and look at the past of cybersecurity incidents to hopefully learn from our history. My name is Chloe Tonis, and, well, if you listened to last week's episode, you may know that T-Mobile did not, indeed, learn from their history. Today, we're going back to the distant year of 2021 to discuss a different breach T-Mobile was involved in. Yes, 2021 was the year T-Mobile had a similarly massive data breach, but what exactly happened then? Unlike in many hacks, we actually know exactly how T-Mobile was hacked, because the man responsible told us. John Binns was a 21-year-old man who was able to locate an exposed router outside of the T-Mobile data center in East Wenatchee, Washington. My apologies if I pronounced that incorrectly. And through this router is how he gained initial access. In an article from the Wall Street Journal, it is reported Binns had been scanning T-Mobile's known internet addresses for weak spots using a simple tool available to the public. Now, this is extremely vague. There are a lot of different simple tools available to the public that can scan IP addresses. I couldn't find any further information to directly confirm this, but my guess is that Binns used a port scanner like Nmap to find ports left open. In networking, a port is like a virtual place where connections begin and end, which again is vague, but I'll give you an example. If you're listening to this podcast on Spotify.com, you are likely either using HTTP or HTTPS to retrieve content from the web page. These run on port 80 and port 443, respectively. In this case, it's likely that there is a port left open that allowed Bin's remote access, either anonymously or through a version with a vulnerability that could be exploited, but that's getting a bit speculative, we don't have exact answers, and T-Mobile declined to comment on Bin's comments. The hacker said that he panicked because he just stumbled upon something big and added that T-Mobile's security was awful, which for me implies terrifying things like a bad password on a remote access account or, God forbid, anonymous connections being allowed to the main network, but again, that's being speculative. Outside of the router and a free tool on the internet being used, we don't really have much more information on exactly how the servers were accessed. But Binns claims it took about a week to comb through the troves of data he found on the servers. And how do we know Binns is telling the truth anyways, and not just trying to gain attention? After all, in the same article, he admitted part of the hack was to create noise. Well, he provided a screenshot of a warning on the server against unauthorized access. A warning he clearly did not obey. And how we know definitively that data was accessed? Well, on August 16th, 2021, T-Mobile confirmed a breach had occurred, but was still unable to say what exactly was accessed until a few days later when on August 18th, they confirmed that the data of 40 million former and prospective customers was accessed. To add to this, yet another 7.8 million postpaid customers also had data access. They confirmed that this was PII, Personally Identifiable Information, which is, well, information that can be used to identify you. First and last names, phone numbers, birthdays, driver's license numbers, other ID numbers, and worst of all, social security numbers were breached. Here's a not-so-fun fact. To successfully steal someone's identity, you only need their full name, date of birth, and social security number. The addition of the driver's license and other ID numbers makes it even easier. However, not every customer had all of the data I just mentioned leaked. Some only had partial data leaked, but this still put millions at risk for identity theft. 
T-Mobile offered affected customers two years of free identity protection services from McAfee, known for their antivirus, and encouraged customers to change their PIN as soon as possible to mitigate unauthorized login attempts, even though PINs were not leaked and neither were passwords. I would also like to add, billing information was also not included in this leak, so credit cards were safe, but credit card fraud could still be committed using your identity. Hence the identity protection services from McAfee. T-Mobile also offered a scam blocking protection service and published a support page for the incident that educated customers about cybersecurity and what to do if they suspected they were a victim of identity theft. Later, on August 24th, 2021, it was also revealed that T-Mobile business customers were also affected by the breach. The data leaked included business names, federal tax ID, business addresses, contact names, and business phone numbers. However, again, no financial data was breached, so the company credit cards would remain safe. Compared to its competitors Verizon and AT&T, T-Mobile did not have a strong foothold in the business world, so this breach was a bit of a setback in trying to get some more of that market share. Class action lawsuits had been filed against T-Mobile, some claiming violation of the FTC Act of 1914, which includes failing to maintain proper security measures to safeguard customer data, and another suit alleged violation of the California Consumer Privacy Act, which specifically penalizes companies that allow unauthorized access to customer data. Overall, T-Mobile was accused of putting customers at considerable risk for identity fraud due to the sensitive nature of the data that was breached, and one suit alleged victims spent as much as a thousand hours addressing concerns related to the breach, including reviewing financial and credit statements for fraudulent activities. So, what is something you can do if you are involved in a breach like this? Well, of course, take the identity protection services and carefully monitor your bank statements for fraudulent activity. But this is a rather difficult situation to be in, as once that data is out there, it can be very difficult to get it under control. If your bank app allows it, turn on notifications for any cards and accounts that alert you of transactions above zero dollars. That may sound extreme, but in many cases, fraudsters will start small, so it's more difficult to notice, and then we'll move to larger scale transactions. Doing this has actually saved me from some unauthorized purchases in the past, and also made me realize I was still subscribed to Xbox Live Gold when I hadn't been using it for a while. So that one was a bit embarrassing, but at least I canceled it. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Bite Size Cybercrime, and I would also like to extend my thanks to The Wall Street Journal, The Verge, Fierce Wireless, and Engadget.com for information relating to this data breach. Even though last episode I listed a bunch of different T-Mobile data breaches, this for now is the only other one I will be covering. So, until next time, stay secure!